Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parsha Tazria Metzora, a double Parsha all about oozing and pussing and the all things infected. Here is a quick recap. First, we learn about the impure periods of a person who gives birth, depending on the sex of the baby. We then dive into tzara'at, a skin affliction. A person who has discolorations in their skin needs to be seen by a priest, and anyone that doesn't pass muster is quarantined for two weeks, which sounds sort of familiar. We also learn that tzara'at can appear after an an infection or a burn and can have hair in it or not. The main treatment for all these different types of tzara'at is quarantine outside the city walls. Again, sounding really familiar. The Torah takes a quick detour into garment sarat, which is when a garment has discoloration. Spoiler alert, the garment also needs to be quarantined. We then return to body sarat and learn that a person who has healed from sarat has to bring some sacrifices and water for their own purification. They get a full body shave, more quarantine, more shaving, then they offer their sacrifices, and then they are declared pure. And if a person can't afford the sacrifices, they can bring something cheaper. Then it turns out that houses can get sarat too, and if a stone in a house becomes discolored, the priest goes to check it out just like they would with a body and, surprise, surprise, might put the house under quarantine. The house might even need to be dismantled, and then after its own quarantine period, it gets purified just like a person. Moving on from, from Tzara'at, but staying a little bit in the land of Ik, the Torah discusses unnatural or sickly seminal disca- discharges, but then also talks about how to purify oneself after a normal seminal emission or after menstruation. All of these things require immersion in a mikvah. And that's our Parsha. As a 21st century reader, I feel this sort of intrinsic wall go up when we start talking about bodies and their natural functions and dysfunctions, and then start labeling any of those as impure, because our culture and our language prompts us to equate impurity with dirty or bad. But birth, menstruation, ejaculation, even infections that bleed and ooze, they're natural parts of life. So a few years ago, I learned from a teacher who taught me a way to see this Torah system of purity as actually pretty life-affirming, and I want to share it with you. So all the things that this Parsha codes as impure have to do with life, the creation of new life, welcoming it into the world, and caring for it when it feels threatened. They're precisely the things that force us to confront our own mortality and vulnerability, to recognize that someday we won't continue to be on the earth in this body. And rather than push these things away from religion or treat them as unrelated to our spiritual concerns, the Torah assigns them their own rituals. It basically says, here, let's create a container for marking your body's attempts to sustain life or generate new life. Your body's workings are sacred, so how can you be expected to focus on anything else when you have to pay attention to your own life, to your own body? We all have times where our life demands all of our attention, and the Torah basically lets us off the hook in those moments, affirming that we can and should focus on ourselves. And we all have times where we don't need that singular focus to be on our own well-being, And then the Torah gives us rituals to re-engaging with something outside of ourselves. See you next week.